FAMU is your 2023 HBCU National Champions, and there's three main contributing factors to why they beat Howard in a Celebration Bowl. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listener of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college to get your first deposit matched up to $100. FAMU is your black college football national champions, and there's three main contributing factors as the reason that they had them or that the reason that they are the champions. At the end, we'll look at the surprise star and ended up being the offensive MVP. Prior to that, we'll look at Jeremy Musa because his improved play in the second half was key for FAMU's success. But prior to that, yeah, we can talk about these offensive players, and we've done a lot of talking about the offense. What defines the offense? Is it the running game? Is it the passing game, right? What's going to alter the game? That's all on the offensive side. I almost feel like we spent too much time looking at the offensive side of FAMU because that's not what defines the team. What defines the team is that dark cloud defense, and on Saturday, you saw exactly why they have a nickname like the dark cloud because there was nothing really – impressive that came from Howard's offense and to me a lot of that had to do with the fact that FAMU's defense was so dominant there's no way that you could walk away from that game and not be impressed with what FAMU was able to do on the defensive side of the ball and I hate that this ended up being 30 to 26 because if you just look at the final score if you just look at the point scored you would think this was an offensive game but it wasn't this was not an offensive showdown, but 30 to 26 would suggest that. But that's why I'm here so that I can kind of contextualize what 30 to 26 looks like from FAMU side. 30 sounds about right from Howard's side. 26 is not the full picture. It's almost like a book. I can read the table of contents, but that doesn't tell me what happens in the chapter. Right. Like I can know what the chapter name is. And maybe I might be able to guess what's happening there. But I don't really get the full story unless I read the book. I might even be able to read a summary. And I know some of it, but I don't really know the full story. And if you don't want to just look at the table of contents, you don't want to just look at a summary. You want to really be able to know what happened. Then you got to look at how these points were accumulated. Because that's a completely different story. The way that these points were accumulated is different. First off, special teams was a big deal. 
in the beginning of the game. Each team had a, a good special teams play. But the way they were able to capitalize on these special teams plays, the way that they were able to capitalize on starting field position really defined the halftime score. Howard did a better job capitalizing on things that happened prior to them going on offense than FAMU did. And that's why FAMU was at a deficit. But let's look at Howard specifically. And we're not just going to look at the first half. We're going to look at the full game. The first quarter, however, the opening kickoff. Howard returned that to the FAMU 27. Touchdown on that drive. A 27-yard touchdown drive, clearly. Then they got a fumble that was recovered in FAMU's territory in the 30s. That was only a 30-yard drive, and they scored a touchdown on that. Those are the last scores, or excuse me, the last touchdowns that Howard had as an offense for the rest of the game. The first two possessions, Howard was able to score touchdowns, but they were able to start in FAMU's territory already. That's not a coincidence. When you go through the rest of it, after the first half, let me give you some more misleading information. Let's say that the scores were misleading. Right. Because 26 points does not really describe how dominant that FAMU's defense was. Some more misleading numbers are the fact that after the first half, uh, Howard, <clears throat> excuse me, after the first half, Howard ended three more possessions in FAMU's territory. On those, it was a pick and then two safeties or well, not a pick and two safeties. Uh, it was two interceptions, excuse me, and a field goal. That would, I'm fucking up, man. Okay, relax, relax. But to me, that doesn't tell the whole story. That's almost like reading a table of contents, knowing what each chapter is listed and feeling like you know the book. That's almost like reading a summary. And yeah, you might be able to get some questions about it, right? But you really don't know what happened in that book. So let's move beyond the table of contents. Let's move beyond the summary, right? Let's 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 get past that and let's actually get into what happened in this game, what actually happened in this book. And that was a dominant defensive performance. Special teams was a big deal, especially early in this game. The way that each team was able to capitalize on what happened prior to them going on offense is what led to the halftime score. FAMU did not do a good job capitalizing on the advantages that their offense had before even doing anything. And that's why they were going into halftime with a deficit. Meanwhile, when Howard got good opportunities, they scored touchdowns. On the first, on the first play of the game, opening kickoff, return to the FAMU 27. Howard scores a touchdown. So that's a 27-yard touchdown pass or touchdown drive. Then you have... The next time they get the ball, they get in FAMU territory again due to a fumble. They score a touchdown on that drive. So the first two drives of the game for Howard, they score touchdowns on them, and they start both of those drives in FAMU's territory. They don't score another offensive touchdown for the rest of the game. So that's 14 points of the 26, but they don't score another offensive touchdown after the first two drives. But let's get beyond that because I have some more um, – misleading numbers for you because if the points is misleading i think the fact that howard ended three more drives after the first quarter in famu's territory is another misleading number because it would make you think that they're driving that they're finding offensive success but they weren't and it's not about the fact that those three drives ended in two interceptions in a field goal it has nothing to do with that right let's put that aside because once again that will make you think 
They were driving, but they couldn't finish. They weren't driving. <laughs> they weren't driving. Um, let's see what a starting field position for that was. Of the five drives, including the first two touchdowns, of the five drives that Howard had that ended in FAMU's territory, three of them started, or excuse me, three of them started in FAMU territory. The other two started on the Howard 40 and the Howard 49. You got to understand, the offensive points are misleading because they will make you think the offense was having great success. But the truth is, Howard was just benefiting from strong starting field position. And when they couldn't do that, they didn't find success. Howard scored two touchdowns in the first two possessions, both started in FAMU's territory. They had three more possessions that ended in FAMU's territory. They ended with two interceptions and then also a field goal attempt. But they didn't drive for any of those. Of the five possessions that ended in FAMU's territory, three started in FAMU territory. The other one started on the Howard 40 and the other started on the Howard 49, literally two yards away from FAMU territory. They weren't finding offensive success. This was a dominant performance by the dark cloud defense. It simply was. And that's why I want to get rid of some of these, these notions. They were suffocating. In addition to having a suffocating defensive performance where Howard just struggled to drive the ball, they also had turnovers. Because, oh, I didn't break down all of the points. I just broke down the, the, the drives that end in the family territory. So Howard scored 26 points. This is how they were scored. Two offensive touchdowns that started in FAMU territory, a pick six, which is a defensive score, a safety, which is a defensive score, and then also a field goal that started just outside of FAMU territory. Don't talk to me about the Howard offense, right? And we can get into why that was the case, but the truth is FAMU's defense was dominant. There's more things at play like there always is, but FAMU's defense was dominant. On top of the suffocating defensive performance, they also forced game-changing turnovers, right? Two interceptions that ended drives that were in their territory. But let's focus on that last one, right? And I, I, I don't like that this happened for Quentin Williams because three interceptions looks way worse than two interceptions, and I think context begins to leave once you get to the three-interception mark. Nobody wants to hear how it got to there. But I'm looking at FAMU's defense nevertheless. That last interception, first off, it was two interceptions back-to-back -to, -back to close out the game. But the last of those two, and it was the last of three in general, I know a lot of people are going to look at that final interception and say it was lucky. A lot of people are going to look at that final interception and say that, oh, well, you know, the running back fell down, and that's how Isaiah Major was able to pick off that pass. Two things I would say to that. One, nothing about what Howard had been doing the whole game would suggest that they would have drove down to do anything even without the interception. Two, it was a lucky break, but Isaiah Major's play recognition is the way it wasn't incomplete. Or it was, it, excuse me, Isaiah Major's play recognition is the reason it wasn't incomplete. So I'm not going to deny that, hey, fam, you caught a lucky break because the running back fell. But had the running back not fell, he was going to get maybe a yard. Isaiah Major was there. I think a lot of times we look at it as either this or this. No, it could be a lucky break, and Isaiah Major made a really good play. You know how difficult it is to sniff out a screen and read it and get an interception on it? I don't care if the running back fell or not. 
This wasn't a uh, three seconds in the pocket and the receiver tripped and it was right there. This wasn't a lucky. He wasn't lucky to be there. He was lucky the guy fell down. He was able to get the interception. There's a big difference between them, right? Because one kind of discounts Isaiah Major's skill set. Turnovers aside, right? Not turnovers aside. Let's let's keep it in there. You take the turnovers, three of them. You take the suffocating performance. They just weren't able. Howard wasn't able to get anything going unless they were already in FAMU's territory or right there knocking on the door of it at the start of the possession. FAMU's defense couldn't do anything about that. But for the most part, you go through there, they dominated this game, start to finish. They're the dark cloud defense for a reason. They earned that moniker. And I think they showed everybody why at the Celebration Bowl. As we move forward, I do want to move away from the defense. I want to look at the offense because Jeremy Musa has been the recipient of much criticism, much scrutiny. I don't know if I blame them, but he did shut up some of the doubters in the second half, and that deserves to be highlighted as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, and eBay Motors is there if you want to fix up your car, if there's something wrong with it, or if you just want to make it look nicer, right? So I've been in this thing where I'm probably not going to do it, but I keep wanting to put some lights inside of my car, right? Some some LED lights or something like that to have some purple interior just shining, right? If I wanted to, I could go to eBay Motors and do it. All you have to do is go to ebaymotors.com. You could do it too. Maybe something's wrong with your car, right? Let's not say, let's not say aesthetic, right? Maybe you don't want to make things look better. Maybe you don't want to get rims. Maybe you just need to get your car to go. You need a new alternator. You can also go to eBay Motors. Now it's important that you put your car into the my garage section so that they know what type of car you have. Once you do that, it's guaranteed that it will fit for you. There's over 120 million parts on ebaymotors.com. So you go there, you put your car into the My Garage section, and you'll have one that's guaranteed to fit for you. If not, you get your money back. So Guaranteed Fit is available for all of the 50 states in America. So if you're an American uh, customer, you get the Guaranteed Fit. eBay Motors, Guaranteed Fit. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Remember to check out Locked on Sports Today, the first ever, ever 24-7 podcast stream. No matter what time you're checking it out, you can catch live content. Might even catch Locked on HBCU if you missed the episode that day. Now, Jeremy Musa really showed up in the second half. The first half was bad for the Rattlers. It just was. They they didn't capitalize on opportunities. I thought they got some bad spots. And when they got bad spots, like I thought there was two times when I would have given them the first down that it ended up being one yard short. And neither time did it work out for them. One led to a fumble. The other one led to a goal line-ish, right, inside the five stand. It just didn't go well for them in the first half. Things didn't go well, but I thought that Jeremy Moose's performance was indicative of FAMU. The word I would have used for really either one of these teams that won was resilience. I thought that even Howard, despite their loss, 
they showed some resilience. They showed some resilience. Why well, I say it like that? They show resilience, especially on the defensive side with that pick six. Let, let me say this. Let me say this because I think that this should be clear. That pick six is not on Jeremy Musa. I know it's going to go in as an interception for him, but there's nothing he could have done. There's nothing he could have done, and that should not taint what was a really strong second-half performance. That was a bubble screen that was poorly blocked by those wide receivers up front, and the guy was able to jump it. You can say it was either poorly blocked or you can say it was a great defensive play, and the truth is it's probably a mix of both. But one thing that isn't mixed in there is that it was a bad play by Jeremy Musa. That is not the truth. So that's not going to taint what I thought was a really good second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. Specifically in the fourth quarter, I felt like Jeremy Musa really began to hit the stride. And let me show something that I thought is a good example of that. Musa in the final, the final touchdown, the flea flicker to John Murray Sharid. I think he sells that if it's in the first half. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. I just thought there was certain open targets that he just missed. It was just a hair off at times. In the second half, he cleaned that up a little bit. That's the difference. In the first half, he might sell that. In the first half, he wasn't hitting tight window throws. That's probably the best example of a difference. I will say he hit one tight window throw because I feel like one of the Kamari Young uh, receptions in the first half was a tight window throw. I can't think of any ones off the top of my head, but I feel like that might have been one of them. So I'll give him credit for saying he threw one. I saw him throw multiple, three, four tight window throws in the second half. And there was tight window options in the first half. He just wasn't connecting. In the second half, he was. It came down to execution. I thought that Willie Simmons called multiple good plays. It just didn't hit. And even if you want to look at the Marcus Riley would-be touchdown, because Marcus Riley had a, in, a double end around that ended up being a, a pass to Musa. And it was on the money. It was a great play, touchdown. But it ended up being holding. Now, the holding was important because I don't know if he gets the ball off without the hold. But the point is, anytime things went right for FAMU in the first half, things just whether it was it, things just went wrong, right? So when things went right, things went wrong. It feels like a stupid thing to say, but it's the truth. And if you watch the game, you understand what I mean. Whether it was a flea flicker touchdown or an end-around touchdown that got called back by penalty, whether it was a forced fumble that was returned for a touchdown that got called back by penalty, there was multiple opportunities where it's like, dang, things just are not going right when you think you want to get excited. That's, that, that's what I saw. But Jeremy Musa was a perfect example of how things changed in the second half because Musa started hitting those tight window throws. He started hitting more, more uh, receivers that were open. They weren't just a hair off. They were right on. It was just a better performance. And you can say what you want to say. You're taking that performance for four quarters out of Jeremy Musa every week. I'm not saying it was perfect. No, nobody really plays perfect ball. It's very rare to see that. Of course, you can say, well, what about that deep throw to the end zone? It was a little bit off. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. But he ended up making up for it. I, I just thought Musa played a much better game when you break it down in the second half. It was a night and day difference between the team and a night and day difference between Jeremy Musa. You look at FAMU in the first half versus FAMU in the second half. You look at Jeremy Musa in the first half, Jeremy Musa in the second half. And now you're looking at two things that I think are really parallels. But as we move forward, there was one guy who you can't mention Jeremy Musa without. It was difficult mentioning Jeremy Musa for however long this segment was without talking about Kelvin Dean the offensive MVP and the surprise star 
of the Celebration Bowl, but we're going to break that up and we're going to talk about them right now as we continue with Locked On HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day, every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. Kelvin Dean was the surprise of the Celebration Bowl. I came into this game circling four offensive players, Jeremy Musa, Terrell Jennings, Marcus Riley, Jamare Sharif. Those are the guys that I circled. If you said, hey, mouth of the South, pick some guys who you think could win offensive MVP. I would have went with those four players. There were some other guys I had my eye on because I know that FAMU throws the ball around. And I know that they, they spread the love. They have a lot of receiving targets. Kelvin Dean wasn't somebody I was thinking about doing that. He's a running back. And I didn't think that he would have a better game than Terrell Jennings because I thought that Jennings was going to be the person who carried pretty much the majority of the workload. And the crazy thing about it is I was right about the workload. I was right about that. Jennings had 19 carries compared to Dean's three. And Dean's three carries only resulted in 11 yards. And that's what makes this so strange. What makes this so strange is the fact that Kelvin Dean is not a big time receiving threat and he doesn't get a bunch of carries but in today's game or in saturday's game he didn't need to carry the ball in order to make a difference in saturday's saturday's game he did most of his damage through the air and he's not one of those guys that i would have said all right they get a lot of touches kelvin dean has 11 catches on the season for 136 yards and three touchdowns Three of those catches, 87 of those yards, and two of those touchdowns came in a celebration bowl. I wouldn't discount Kelvin Dean's talent. I wouldn't discount Kelvin Dean's ability. But the reason I call Dean a surprise star is because, first off, he's a running back who did the majority of his damage through the air. Secondly, there's four prominent offensive players I would have circled to be the offensive MVP, and he wasn't one of them. And then three, Terrell Jennings got the majority of the workload on the ground even in this game. But three catches for 87 yards and two touchdowns for a player who had only 50 yards receiving coming into this game is a huge surprise. A running back being your leading receiver in a celebration bowl is a huge surprise. On the biggest stage of your season, you had a guy who you really hadn't thought about in this capacity come out and be the guy who not only put you up, extended your lead, and really got your offense rolling and got into a groove that you never got out of. It wasn't just his numbers. It wasn't just the 87 yards. It wasn't just the two touchdowns. It was the impact of them. It was the fact that, when fam, you needed that spark, he was the one that lit the match. That's what was important about this. He's the offensive MVP. And if you told me you thought Kelvin Dean was going to be the offensive MVP, you're lying. You're lying. These other running backs weren't getting a lot of carries. And I know you didn't think that he was going to up and be the best receiver on the team or have the most impactful catches on the team. You didn't think that. You didn't. You probably didn't even think he was going to get more carries than Jennings. Let's just keep it 100, all right? 
surprise star. That's how I view it. Kelvin Dean was the surprise star of the of the uh of the celebration bowl. And excuse me, I'm sorry. Kelvin Dean was the surprise star of the celebration bowl, and he was the offensive MVP. Nobody saw that coming. But his surprise was a big reason that FAMU was able to win this game. On tomorrow's episode, you'll on tomorrow's episode, we'll be looking at Gramlin's new head coach. It's believed to be Mickey Joseph. By the time you hear this, it might have already been announced. Grambling said that they're going to announce their coach on Monday, but I'm recording this on Sunday, and it's Monday's episode. This haven't hasn't happened yet. But we'll look at that news tomorrow, whether it's Mickey Joseph or if it's somebody else. We'll probably also look at what the heck is going on with Fred McNair, Texas Southern, and Alcorn because that's kind of crazy, and that hasn't been resolved yet, and it feels like things went radio silent. So we'll look at those two things and maybe even an additional Celebration Bowl topic because we're not done with this. So I guess I kind of have tomorrow's show all planned out, and I gave you the three three-part rundown. So that's what you can look forward to on tomorrow's episode. But in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.